following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. We're going to start a series for the next three weeks talking about the book of Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is a book that sounds exactly like what it is. It is a book full of Proverbs. But I love the verse we start with this morning that the, um, we talk about the, the basic foundation of wisdom is knowledge. But it also makes a little bit of a differentiation, right? Because there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing that that frozen pizza you just cooked is very hot. Wisdom is waiting an extra five minutes so that you don't burn the roof of your mouth on the cheese, right? Knowledge is watching a YouTube video on how to replace the capacitor on your air conditioner. Wisdom is saying, that's not just a spare cable for something else, but that's actually the air conditioner, that's the fan for the condenser, which makes things blow cold. Now, I definitely don't know about that process and definitely didn't think I was gonna have to replace my AC after my own personal repair and the AC repairman looked at me like I was a fool. Knowledge is knowing what God has said. Wisdom is saying, how does this work in my life? How do I take what God has said to me, what he says in his word, and how then does that interact with my life? And for this whole sermon today, we're just going to be in one verse, Proverbs 1, 7. We're going to talk about how as we pursue wisdom, this is actually a piece of our Christian walk, that the pursuit of wisdom is part of what we are called to do. William, if you could give me that Proverbs verse. Let's read this together. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we'll just leave that one up there today. That's gonna be our our slide for the day. But I want us to be thinking about this. So the book of Proverbs is an interesting thing. In, In the way that the Old Testament is made up, you have different sets of books. You have the Torah, which is the first five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right? And that's gonna give you the basics, the foundation, the formation of God's people. Then you get into different types of literature, you get into different prophets, but in the midst of all of this, you get what we call the wisdom books. So Proverbs is one of these books of wisdom. And in fact, as you were to dive into it, you would see that this verse is the basic understanding of what wisdom is. That fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge. And a fool would be one who doesn't seek that wisdom, that instruction. So Proverbs comes together through Solomon, who is almost, it's just almost this brilliant comedic moment that Solomon is very wise, very understanding, but also is the one who kind of destroys it for everybody because he doesn't listen to his own wisdom. He doesn't pay attention to his own sayings because he ends up going against the knowledge and fear of God. 
but he works together. But then there's this book is kind of compiled through a bunch of different time periods of the wisdom of the day. And you'll get some kind of daily wisdom in the Proverbs. You'll get some things that are just like, oh, this is how I should conduct myself. This is how I should understand. But really at its foundation is this pursuit of wisdom. That wisdom for us is about taking that knowledge and applying it to everyday life. That as we read what the scriptures say, we take it and it engages with who we are. And the first place we can see this is in the first half of this verse where it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I will use one of the most overused quotes when it comes to the fear of the Lord, right? Because we see that word fear, and this isn't fear like boo, ah, right? Like that's not what we're talking about. I know some of you thought that, but step back. This idea of fear of the Lord is more along the lines of what C.S. Lewis would write in the Chronicles of Narnia, where Aslan, who's the stand-in for Jesus in the midst of this story, that he is that character, that allegorization, that one of the characters says, well, he's not safe, but he is good. And for us, the fear of God is learning to say, he's not safe, but he is good. Fear is not about being afraid of God. Instead, it is acknowledging the reality of who he is. That our fear is about saying, I have an adequate respect for who God is. That sometimes it's easy for us to kind of force ourselves into a place where we forget the greatness of God that we forget that at his word, creation happens. And so what we get to encounter and experience is that the foundation of our knowledge is this fear of the Lord. The foundational piece to all we understand and all we know is that God is God and I am not which rolls off the tongue really easily. It's one of those phrases that, you know, it comes together real nicely. But it sure feels different when something happens that we want to go our way and it starts going a different way. It sure is hard when what we want and what God wants are two different things. So the foundation of knowledge is a fear of the Lord. It's the first commandment. You will have no other gods before me. It's stepping back and saying, Lord, I know that who you are is greater than my understanding, than what I can know. And I love that, that the, the foundation of knowledge is saying, I can't know that it's so backwards into what we think it should be. And then it leads into the second half here. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And it's a lot of fun to read this and think about that one person, right? That you go, yeah, I know who that is. 
I know, yeah, I know the fool who hates wisdom and instruction. It's a lot less fun when you go, oh, that's me. I'm the fool. I'm the one who does not like wisdom and instruction. I'll tell this story again and again and again. And if you're long time at Narrative Church, you've heard it before. And if like you're here new, this is a great brand new story. Never told it before. So our coffee stuff, we do pour over coffee because we fancy, but we, thank you for the pity laugh. That was my wife. Um, So we bring the coffee stuff, which means we're packing it up every week. Well, one week when we just used to keep it all in a milk crate, I was trying to open a lift gate, get everything in, and I was getting so frustrated and I hated that milk crate because if you held it just long enough, it started cutting into your hands in just the right way. And so in my frustration, I slammed it down and all of the glass pour over carafes we had, you just heard glass break. And what was my first thought? Oh boy, in my anger, I sinned. Of course, I'm holy, right? No, my first immediate thought was, Lord, I have done all these things for you. How could you let this happen to me on a Sunday morning? Because listen, I know how narrative church is when they don't get their coffee, all right? I knew who was gonna be in trouble. But it was this moment of in that immediacy of when you're struck and what comes out of you and what immediately came out of me was, Lord, you owe me. Look at what I've done for you. And then it's real fun to get right on the other side of that when you start kind of cooling off and you go, oh, I am blessed that the lightning bolt did not come in that moment. That the Lord just was up there, all right, you're coming home, here we go. Right? No, it was, I still get to learn from my mistakes. It's tempting for us to read the second half of this proverb and think it's about someone else. It's harder when we start thinking about ourselves and saying, I know where I despise wisdom and instruction. I know where I'm looking out for me and think I know best. Instead of slowing down and going, Lord, I want to be teachable. Some of the greatest people I've looked up to in my life and faith are people who have such a teachable spirit who you can tell they have years of experience. They have years of understanding. They should be in charge and they will just sit back and listen and grow and love. And I'm the punk kid who's like, it's my time now. I wanna grow in that ability because knowledge is one thing. You can gain a knowledge right? I could send you home with books where you could sit and you could know God. In fact, you could take your Bible as one book and sit and know God, but knowing God and the wisdom of God are two separate things. Now they're interconnected. The problem is knowledge can cut off before wisdom, right? When I was sitting there writing my sermon this week and I thought about, okay, what's something you know, but what's the wisdom? Man, that like frozen pizza analogy, 
How many times have I been like, that looks good, I'm burned. And you don't tell anyone that you can't taste anything for a week, but you feel it like you know, I have made the foolish decision once again. And how many times do I take the word of God and I look at it and I know what he's saying and I know the wisdom he's calling me to, but I make a divide saying, Lord, I know, but I'm not gonna live in wisdom. I know what you say, I can spout it verbatim, but instead of doing that, I'm gonna live in a knowledge that ends at understanding, but not living. Wisdom comes from life lived. You can know all of the things, but until you start living out that knowledge, you won't gain the wisdom. Now, what's really frustrating is wisdom often comes from mistakes. You gain wisdom because you know what's happening. You do the opposite and you learn, this is where I'm supposed to change. This is where this is supposed to be different. As we go through the book of Proverbs, the challenge we have together is to say these are really good knowledge-based ideas. These are incredible ways for us to know more about the ways of God. But the temptation will be to do one of two things. One, to say we must do these things because this is what we are called to do as God's people. And all of a sudden it becomes a new law instead of freedom. The challenge is that knowledge is saying, I do these things because God's calling me to it, not because I have to, but because he says this is who I have created you to be. And for us, as we walk through this book, it's to step back and say, knowledge is knowing that God says this. Wisdom is knowing that it's fulfilled in Christ. That every saying we go through, every piece of Proverbs we read is fulfilled in what Jesus has done for us. That even as we grow in knowledge of what we should do, the wisdom we have, the joy we find in that wisdom is the pursuit of saying, how does this work as I follow him? How do I take and digest this knowledge, not so that my head will grow and my understanding will be more than others, but instead, how do I take it and let it be fuel for my pursuit of wisdom? Because the ultimate piece of wisdom we can give is that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the wisdom we have is we don't take these Proverbs and turn them into something they're not, but instead take them in a pursuit of wisdom to say, Lord, let me be your follower more and more every day. Let's pray. Lord, let our fear of you be the foundation of our wisdom. Let it be that foundational knowledge for us that you are good. Lord, that you are all powerful, but you have called us friends. Lord, we rejoice that you would give us this book of wisdom, but let us pursue wisdom and not just knowledge. Let us rejoice in the good news of Jesus for us 
and how that changes our pursuit of who you are. All these things we pray in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.